This month our topic has been hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice. And don't know where the Z came from in that. <laughs> the 19ths. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, typo there. Amen. But I'm so grateful anyway for what God has been doing. And, and I've just really loved this topic and, and listening to what Brother Chris taught the first week and, and going over God's word last week. And this is part three. Our focus scripture has been taken from John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Amen. And uh, next week we're going to be concluding it, but I'm going to focus more on this scripture. But this week we're going to look at how God speaks, spe- spoke in the New Testament. The f- last week we, we saw how he spoke in the Old Testament through the, the stones, through prophets, and through other means. And we're going to look more closely this week on how God speaks to us in the church. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Numbers 27, 21 says, And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the Urim. This is, this is what we learned last week, how they would go before the priest and he would take the two stones and he would go before and ask God the question that had been asked and he would pull out the stones, the judgment of the Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out and at his word shall they come in. They were told they had to absolutely obey. They never moved when the cloud stood still. When the pillar of fire stood still, that's where they camped. If it was one month, they stayed one month. If it was six weeks, they stayed six weeks. If it was three months, they stayed put until they saw the cloud move. They would to not move until the cloud moved. And, and we see that God also spoke in the Old Testament through dreams. Genesis 37, 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Why I'm smiling is because that's one of my weaknesses is dreams. I'm not, I'm not good at, at uh, understanding dreams. I, I, anyone comes to me with a dream, I said, you know, you need to talk to Sister Brownie. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not very good at dreams, probably because I don't seem to dream much, or if I do, I don't remember them. If I remember a dream, then it's usually very significant. Amen. The other way that God spoke to people is through the angel. In Genesis 16, 10, it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, and it shall not be numbered for multitude. It's amazing how God speaks. He took Abraham out of the tent, and he said, Look up at the stars. Now, at that time, before they had telescopes, you could only see 5,000 stars. But God reveals something in Genesis that wasn't known. He said, the stars are as much as the sand on the seashore. They, couldn't, they didn't know that back then because they, could, they had no telescopes. It wasn't until the 16th and 17th century that man started to see that there were more stars than there were sand, grains of sand on the beach. Can you, can you imagine that? They didn't really even know that for sure until the 19th century when they realized that the Milky Way galaxy wasn't all there was. There is about a hundred million stars, I think, if I'm getting it right, a hundred million stars in our galaxy. 
And there are billions and billions and billions of galaxies. Isn't that amazing? And God knew that. And it's in the Bible. Because he said, number them if you can. It did not make sense. That was in the Bible thousands of years before. That shows how God speaks. When he says something, it's true. And even if we don't understand it or can prove it at the time, it is going to be fulfilled. So God spoke through prophets. He spoke through the ephod. He spoke through dreams. He he spoke sometimes directly, very rarely directly, and, and sometimes through the angel of the Lord. So we can ask today, why doesn't God speak in the same way? Well, he does to some extent. We're going to talk about dreams. But why doesn't God speak as he did in the Old Testament? Anyone? True. The reason, one of the reasons is they didn't have the written word. They had no Bible. The Bible was being written. Now God speaks to us through his word. It is complete. Right? He doesn't have to necessarily speak to us in an audible voice because all he wants us to know is right there. Now we can be ignorant and say, I'm not going to read it and demand that he speaks to us through some, you know, supernatural appearance. But you know what happened when he did that in the Old Testament? You know what happened when he did that? They got scared. If God was to come down and fire in a blazing fire and an earthquake and a huge noise, we would probably say, okay, Lord, it's okay, speak through the pastor, go talk to him. (laughs) That's what happened. When the people did demand that God speak to them directly, they couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand it. If God's tried to speak to us directly in his glory, none of us could stand it. So, so he, he chose a more milder way of speaking. So God does still speak, but he doesn't have to speak in the way he did because his word is now complete. The, 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 the thing that gives us salvation is already revealed. Back then it was not yet revealed. It was a process. Paul said that the law was given to lead us to whom? To Jesus. Jesus is not hidden anymore. It's revealed. So God doesn't have to, to, to come down on Mount Sinai anymore, right? He doesn't have to come down and, as a bright shining light because all we need to know is right there in our Bible, right? Now, there are personal res- revelations, and we'll, we'll get to that uh, somewhat this lesson and next week. So the question of why doesn't God speak like he did, because the Bible tells us he now speaks through the Son, and the Son in John 1, 1 is, is called what? The Word. The Word became flesh, and we beheld His glory. So God now speaks through the Son. That's what Hebrews tells us. God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 28, 19? He spoke to us and told us what to do. Now we can be like I said last week and say, is there anyone else up there? (laughs) But don't say he didn't speak to us and demand some other voice. Because that's really insulting, isn't it? 
God is speaking to us and has spoken to us, and we don't want to hear that. We want to hear some, we demand that he speak to us uh, in, a, in a voice when he's already told us how he's going to speak. He's spoken through his son. He spoke through his death at Calvary. That's the loudest voice of all when he said it is finished. The Bible said when his blood hit the earth, the rocks rent. They heard his voice. And we're going to get to that. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. I'm reading it again, the first, our theme scripture. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you are God's sheep, you will hear his voice. Now, it may not be audible, but he will speak to you, and you will know it if you're his sheep, right? If you are listening. So let's look at how he speaks. He speaks through the Son, but the Son, is, we're told, is the Word. The Word was made flesh. And so he speaks to us now through his written Word. He speaks to us also through his Spirit, and we're going to get to that. Luke chapter 4, verse 4 says this, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Amen. I was teaching the class yesterday at, at Parkway, um, the Purpose Institute, and I was, uh, I was showing him some of what I showed you on that Tuesday night about the chat GPT, and I made the point, uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually had it up on the screen, and I, I, I said to them, I said, give me a scripture, and I forgot what they gave me, Micah chapter, uh, I forgot the scripture, and I put it in there, and I told the thing, I said, write a sermon on this scripture, and of course it did it on the screen for them, and they're all kind of looking at it, very, and I said, you know how they did that? They fed it words. That's how they did that. It's amazing, all of these AI things that are coming out, they're called large language models because the most powerful thing in the world is actually the word when God speaks the only answer is you've got that down because it is the thing that created the whole world and he said Jesus to Satan look it's not through bread alone bread alone will only keep this physical man alive but if you want immortality, you have to have the word of God. It's the word of God that we need to eat every day. Daily bread. I don't know if any of you ate this morning, but I'm sure in the last 24 hours, most of you, unless you're fasting, ate something, right? Because you know that hunger, you start to feel it. We should have a spiritual hunger when we have not heard some word that, that, that feeds our spirit. You, sh you should have a, hung a spiritual hunger to hear God's word, to get something that's going to encourage you. And that's why a lot of us are not as strong as we should be, because we, we don't really have that, that hung spiritual hunger that we need to keep our soul fed properly. We only come, come on Sundays maybe and eat once, once a week. That won't preserve you very long. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is full of grace and truth, because, as Paul says, the gospel is what? What does gospel mean? Good news. Good news. It may be true that if you... 
if you rebel and all of that, you're going to go burn in hell. But that's not good news. That's not going to save you. To tell me I'm, I'm damned and I'm going to burn in hell it may be true, but it's not the gospel message. We're commanded to preach the gospel, the good news, that you don't have to burn in hell, that you don't have to be lost. That's the word that people need to hear. That's the word that people need to receive. That's the real word that has a salvation benefit. So I'm going to go into the New Testament and I'm going to start with, with this, with the story of someone who did not listen to the word till it was too late. You've seen some of these movies where they're talking about, you know, when what happens after the rapture and the churches are full. Because a lot of people are going to know what happened. When they wake up one morning and millions of people have disappeared, a lot of people are going to know what, what has happened. But it may be a little bit late. Wouldn't that be so sad? Wouldn't that be sad to miss out on the next greatest event? Having come to church all these years, these weeks, and to miss out on the next greatest event. So that comes from hearing God's word too late. Putting it into practice too late. In the New Testament, Jesus told a parable of this rich man and this poor man. And although it's not explicit, it's apparent from the end of the story that he had heard what he needed to do to be saved. He had heard what he needed to do to avoid the place of torment. But he just lived life as if that was all it was, just to have fun, just to be rich and enjoy himself. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm guilty. (laughs) My wife is looking at me. Yesterday, yesterday, I, I zoned out. I had a full day I went taught in the morning, then I went and did some more things and went and saw some people, took some people out, met with them. And when I got, got home, I knew I had to finish writing this Bible study, but I zoned out. <laughs> I, sat in, I sat in my little cubicle office, and I didn't want to think about anything. I wanted to go to my empty box. You know, men have the empty box where they don't want to talk. <laughs> They don't want to deal with anything. They just want to be left alone. (laughs) And my wife now recognizes that. (laughs) Sometimes she still tries to poke me. (laughs) Are you in your empty box? (laughs) And she'll come up and she'll look at what I'm watching. So I had just put on something really nonsensical and was just like, I really wasn't even really paying attention. I was just in my empty box. And I had to be there for an hour or so before I could kind of uh, clear out my mind. But it, it wasn't a good empty box in the sense that I should have been doing something more productive. But I think men have this, this decompression mode where they just need to be just, just left alone. Don't try and ask them questions and thoughtful Things. I'll, when she asked me stuff like that, I said, okay, you deal with it. I trust you. You, you answer them. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to be engaged that, that moment. See, I'm still human. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> so, what came up when I turned on YouTube was this. 
luxury $100 million yacht. <laughs> and it was this guy touring through this luxury $100 million yacht, you know, showing the state rooms and everything, and I was just sitting there <laughs> watching this thing. It was useless, you know. The only application I can think of is that will not compare to heaven. <laughs> See, the rich man in this story was in his empty box his whole life, though. This is the problem. We can't get stuck in that empty box where all we want to do is, is look at the world's pleasures, right? And, and the things that are out there. Because the Bible says the pride of life, right? Lust of the eye, right? And all those things are out there. And I was looking at this thing and, wow, wouldn't that be great to just be, disappear from Milwaukee and be. <laughs> See, the, the, the devil knows how to, how to show us things. Bible says he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in an instant, right? In an instant. And he will do that. So I was there and I, I had to kind of snap out of it. And eventually I did snap out of it and, and return to what I was supposed to be doing. But sometimes there are people who stay in that state and never come out of it. This was the story of the rich man. All his life, all he did was enjoy the pleasures of this world. Now, the world does have pleasures, but it's only for a season. It's not going to last. And it wasn't until he, it was too late that he woke up. And when he was in torment is when he realized that there was more to life than what he had been living. Luke sixteen nineteen, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. That's all he did. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. It's now he's ready to listen. But it's too late. Sometimes we're not ready to listen until we're in the fire. It's best if you can listen to what God is saying before it gets to be too late. Here is an example of someone who heard what was being said, but too late. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing, seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me. And send Lazarus, now he's wanting to hear. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my... Now you know what this tells me? What does this tell you in this verse? He said, send Lazarus. Who was Lazarus? That means he knew who he was all this time. He knew who he was all this time. Did he care about him <laughs> during his life? He knew his name. And he knew he was out there starving. And, 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 but he didn't do anything. He, he didn't hear words about compassion and mercy. He wasn't listening to, to what the, 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 the law was about, which is also compassion and mercy. And most of all, justice. It wasn't that he didn't know the beggar's name. He knew his name because he says, send him now. Now I'm willing to listen, but it's too late. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of... Now, when he was alive, did he send any food out to him? No, no. Hearing too late. Sometimes we don't hear it until we feel. Then we understand. But it was too late. 
Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that would send him to my... Since, since he can't come to me, send him to my father. Says, now, now let's send a message so that people can hear. He says, for I, I realize I have five brethren, I have five relatives that, may test, he, that he may testify unto them. You know what that tells me? Lazarus had been testifying to him the whole time. And he had not been listening. Abraham saith unto him, listen, they have Moses and they have the prophets. In other words, they have the book. They have the word. Let them hear them. And he said, no, because I didn't listen. But if one went unto them from the dead, if you were to bring Lazarus back from the dead, maybe they would listen. And he said, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And isn't that True, exactly what has happened. Because who has risen from the dead? Jesus. Actually, Lazarus did too. That did not change Israel. Jesus rising from the dead has not changed the whole world. It's changed those who will listen. Who will hear his voice. Hear his voice. So, not listening can get you into a lot of trouble. If that's the only thing you can see is luxury and and, and staying in a certain place and ignoring the word of God, then that will get you in trouble. Now, how does this voice start out? Well, we know that it comes from the Father, right? It comes from the Father. The Father thinks about us. The thoughts became flesh, the word, and now speaks to us through the Spirit. That's the threefold ministry, right? The Bible says in Psalms 139, 117, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Believe it or not, God thinks about you. Let me say it again. God thinks about you because he loves you. The Bible tells us this in Psalms 139, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. And so the thoughts are about the Son, Luke 9.35. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. So thoughts give rise to what? Speech, words. And then when, when something is said, that gives rise to what? Hearing. That's what we're talking about, right? Thoughts give rise to speech. And speech, if you're listening, you will hear what is being said. Amen. Verily, verily, I send you, the hour is coming. This is what Jesus said. And now is, now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. You know what he was talking about? It's what I've taught before, that when he died, he was going to take with him all the righteous dead. Amen. Those who had heard his voice will live. And it's going to happen again. Those who are listening will hear his voice. You're going to hear your name. You're going to hear your name. Someone said that if he hadn't said Lazarus, everybody who had died would have come, come from the grave. He had to say Lazarus because his word is so powerful that if he had just said rise, everybody who was dead would have risen. I absolutely believe that because he is God. And the only answer to his word is, so he had to say Lazarus come forth. Otherwise, everybody else would have risen. He is going to call your name. Amen. You're hearing the, 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 uh, the heeding, that's all. It's not the voice of God yet. 
<laughs> it's calling forth the steam and the heat. Amen. He is going to call your name. Listen to what it says. Verily, verily, I send you. The hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. What did the scripture say? He who now speaks through the Son. It's the Son that is going to call everybody who is to be resurrected to be resurrected. Because the Bible says, and I'm getting ahead of my lesson, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with, with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And what's going to happen? The dead. Amen. It's the son that is going to speak resurrection. Why? Because he's done it. He's achieved it. So his voice is the one we're going to hear. If you haven't heard God speak to you audibly, there's going to be a day when you do. If you haven't heard him speak audibly, every now and then, I think I hear my name call. I say, I say to him, did you, did you call me? And she says, no. <laughs> I have to now, the next thing I should say, speak, Lord. <laughs> Thy servant heareth. Amen. Next time you think someone calls your name, let's do that. Speak, Lord. I'm ready to hear what you got to say to me. Amen. So the Bible tells us that it starts off with a thought. God has a thought towards us, and he wants to speak that, and he's going to speak it through the Son. So the Father is where the thoughts, the Logos, comes from, and he speaks it through the Son. But today, it's through the Holy Spirit. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all truth. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. It's very quiet. It's not going to scream at you. You have to be quiet to listen, to hear. Because it's not, it's not a bully. It's not going to scream at you. You have, to be, you have to be in a meditative state and be listening for God to speak to you. You've got to be, as they say, sensitive to the Spirit, right? Sensitive to the Spirit. I try, and I should do it, we should do it with all decisions, but sometimes we only make the big decisions we think is big enough for God to be in, involved in, but... Most of the time I pray, I say, Lord, open every door I'm supposed to go through and close the ones I'm not supposed to go through. You know, shut that door. Don't let me, don't let me go through some, make some decision that was, I'm going to regret. And imagine if we did that all the time. David's success was because he inquired of the Lord. Shall I stay in this city? Shall I go? Shall I, will, will Saul come and get me if I stay? He inquired of the Lord. That's why Saul couldn't catch him. He was always one step ahead of the devil. <laughs> the same thing happened to Israel when the Assyrians were, every time they came to attack Israel, the army was not where they thought it was. And the king got upset. He said, we got a spy. Who is betraying us? And his, his servant said, no, it's not that. They have a prophet. <laughs> and he keeps telling your business. You know, we could be more effective and be more powerful if we were at the place where God could warn us and tell us, no, you turn left here today. Don't go right. Right? Turn left. Don't buy this car today. <laughs> Don't buy this car today. We got a call from the dealership about two months ago and set up a whole thing. And, you know, you know how persuasive they can be. We got all these special deals. Come on, we'll give you a high value for... So we went in, and I think what happened is we went to the wrong part of the dealership. So we went in there, and they didn't know nothing about us. 
But I think it was the Lord's will. We went in there and they said, no, we don't have you down. And no, we can't give you anything much for your car. I said, okay, fine. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we should thank Jesus for a no. You know, we're glad to thank him for a yes. But do you know, sometimes the no is more valuable. It's saving us from a lot of trouble. You know, we look at it the wrong way when he says no. But if we had spiritualized, we would be even happier. Thank you, Jesus. I just got out of that stuff. Sometimes you can't see it till you look back. And then you see what you, he saved you from. And you go, wow, thank you, Lord. Because sometimes a no is, is more powerful and, and, and is delivering you better than a yes. You know, we're glad to say, Lord, I got the car, I got the house. But sometimes it's no. And we should be just as grateful. Because he leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God speaks from a thought through the Son and today through the Spirit. But the Spirit is not going to shout at us. Even Jesus, the Bible describes him that a, a, a reed he would not break. He was, he was mild-mannered. If you weren't listening, that's your fault. <laughs> you know, he won't poke you like in your empty box. <laughs> My wife knows I'm in my empty box, so sometimes she does it deliberately. She's gone so I can speak well. She'll ask me questions that require thought. And I don't want to think. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what, this is what we're going to deal with in our men's group, okay? So we'll just give you a preview. You see, God tells us that the word starts with his thoughts. Amen. In the beginning was the word, the Logos, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Psalms 40 verse 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are towards us, they cannot be reckoned. Most of us don't really think that God thinks about us. In fact, we think God ignores us. And it's very tempting because the way I look at it, man, there are 7,000 million other people. Lord, are you really thinking about me? See, my, that, my brain works it out in a logical way, and I think, I think, God, you can't be thinking about me. There are 7,000 million other individuals, many of them going through trouble, many of them going through strife, many of them are in danger. Are you thinking about me? Are you, are you, are you concerned about me? It's so easy to get distressed and to, to think that God is ignoring you. But listen to the scripture. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts. So I want you to learn something today. God is thinking about you. Which are to us. In fact, the Bible tells us they cannot even be worked out. They cannot be reckoned. God is thinking about you right now. He's planning out your life. Did you know that? He's got a plan for your life. He's got, he created you for a purpose. Amen. He's created you for a purpose. He says, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Think about that. The Bible tells us that God's thoughts to us are more than can be numbered. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's look up a few more scriptures on, on, on this. It says, and this is a famous one. You all know this. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the thoughts 
that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. When we experience evil, when we experience negativity, that does not come from God. Let me just tell you that now. Let me dispel any lies from the devil. When negative things come from uh, come into our lives, they do not come from God. The Bible says that He can only give good gifts. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. The Bible says in Hebrews that they're by two immutable things. God cannot lie. So if God could think negative things towards you, then this, he would be a liar because he says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall he call upon me, and he shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen unto you. See, we don't listen to God, but he's saying, if you will come to me, I will listen to you. If you pray to me, I will listen to you. So it starts off as the thought, which becomes the word in Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus said, and to prove it, that the thought starts with the spirit, in the spirit from the Father. For I have not spoken of myself. This is what Jesus said. But the Father which sent me, he hath given me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50, and I know that this commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So the Bible said that he hath in his last time spoken through the Son. And the Son is saying, Jesus is saying, this is what the Father told me to speak. And the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Ooh, I wish I, wish I could get it. I wish I could really get into this some more. If I, was, if I really could understand, this would be powerful. If we could really, really absorb the word, it would give us power. Just as they're feeding these programs words to make them powerful, we need the Holy Spirit to feed us his words to make us powerful. As he said, if my words abide in you, then what? And you abide in me, then... You can ask what you want because the words are coming from him. Amen. So then, speaking from the Son, we have to listen and we listen through the Spirit. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So God is still speaking to us. Are we listening? Have we gone into our empty box? We don't want to deal with the world. Don't want to to hear anything. We just want to just lock ourselves away and pretend it's all gone away. But we hear now today through the Spirit. John 16, 13 says, How be it, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. That means if we were really listening, we could avoid a lot of stuff. There's a song we sing. um, It says... What a privilege to carry everything to God in in, in prayer. Oh, what needless pains we, we, we suffer all because we do not carry, because we're not listening. I, I'm preaching to myself today, really I am, because as I'm preaching, I'm thinking of all the times when I've not listened. When we listen to God, we will avoid so many pitfalls. We will avoid so many tribulations. But whatsoever he shall hear... That shall he speak, amen, and he will show you things to come. 
God can reveal things to you personally. Amen. So we are, we're commanded to hear the Spirit. Revelation 3.22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. So God, in the form of Jesus when he was on earth, spoke. Now he's speaking again through the Spirit because he said, I'm with you, but I'm going to be what? In you. So now, how do we listen? How do we make sure we're hearing God's voice? You know what I say when you pray? You should, you should, you should leave time to listen. You know what we do? We pray. Thank you, Jesus. We make this prayer. We get up and we go. We have monologued. We have not let, waited for an answer. We've told God what we want. Wouldn't it be great if we prayed and then we just, we just cleared our mind and said, Lord, you speak to me now. And wait. Wouldn't that be something if the spirits start to speak to you and start to tell? A lot of times when that happens, I get afraid, though. Because I'm thinking, is this me? Or is this spirit? But, you know, I know it's the spirit, but I'm afraid. If we would just start to give God a chance to speak to us, we would have a, a, a much more successful day. I'm telling you that. So now, how does God speak today? We looked at how he mostly spoke in the Old Testament through prophets, through dreams, through the angel of the Lord, right? We, we saw all of those things, and, and now we know the Bible says he speaks to us today through his son, but he also speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.16, they saw the disciples start to act strange like they were drunk, you know, they were staggering about the holy spirit came upon them and they started to rejoice and manifest and the people said well these people are drunk but peter said no 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 this is not what it is but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet joel and it shall come to pass in the last days i will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy so god will speak to us through prophecy your young men shall see visions. He will, we will see visions. And your old men shall what? Dream dreams. Occasionally I have a dream. There's been a few that have stuck in my, in my mind, but they're, they're not necessarily uh, a good dream. Uh, I, many, many, many years, probably 20-something 20, 20 years ago when I was in Michigan, I had a dream. And I, maybe, maybe I told you, it was, like, it was like something fell into Lake Michigan, like a meteorite or an asteroid fell into Lake Michigan, and it caused a tsunami. And I could see it. This is a dream I remember. And I remember I was on the St. Joseph River looking down the river, and the river is only about three miles to the, to the lake, and there's a bridge across the river. And I remember in the dream seeing this wave coming down the river from the lake, and it was above the bridge by, by you know, hundreds of feet. And that's all I remember. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or what that meant, but I remember that dream. The Bible tells us that he can still speak to us through dreams. He warned the wise men through dreams. Don't go back this way. Don't go back and tell uh, Herod anything because he wants to kill, kill the, 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 the baby. He warned Joseph through a dream. Herod's going to come and want to kill the baby. You go down into Egypt. So he still speaks through dreams. He can speak through prophecy. And then Jeremiah 3.15, he speaks through pastors. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so 
you need to have a pastor that's, that's attempting to do that. Through the Spirit, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. The moment you don't see whoever is leading you following, then you don't, you don't follow them. They've got to be following according to the Word of God. So again, how does God speak? Well, he also speaks through the Holy Spirit, through, through um, revelation of tongues. We see that in Corinthians when Paul was admonishing the Corinthian church. He spoke about how it should be done. 1 Corinthians 14.27 If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. What he's saying is if everybody speaks in tongues, that doesn't edify anybody. We, in fact, it looks like a mess. It, it's not going to save anyone. They're going to think, what is going on in here? So he was saying, don't all get up and speak in tongues at once. Because tongues is really, really for our private prayer, if you know. It's for, it's for our own private prayer to strengthen us. Except if when God gives a message for the church. And he says, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. That sounds so harsh, but this is what Paul is telling us. And let him speak to himself, pray to himself and to God. He says, let the prophets speak, two or three, and then let other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion. So, how do you know if God's speaking? It won't be confusing. It won't be a mess. It won't be controversial. It will not contradict his word. Right? This is how you know if it's God. If you hear some, some prophecy, the Bible says that the ear judgeth just like the tongue judgeth meat, right? You will be able to judge because if you have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will witness what is being said. For God is not the author of confusion. So if you're at a place and it's nothing but confusion, God is not speaking. God is not speaking. But of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So that's how you can start to tell if God is speaking. First of all, it's going to line up with his word. It will never contradict his written word, right? And God will always give a witness, right? He will give a witness. In the Old Testament, it says by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Um, A pastor was telling me some time ago, he was a single pastor, and he said, he said to me, there would be ladies come up to him and said, God told me you're my, you're my husband. And he says, well, that's great, but God didn't tell me. <laughs> it's got to be by two or three. It's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be confirmed. That's what Paul says. Let it be confirmed. Let, let, let it be, um, judged and confirmed. So in the Old Testament, when God wanted to, to, to absolutely show, he would give the thing double. That's why Pharaoh had two dreams. Joseph was to be able to tell him both dreams are to confirm. When God wants something, when someone comes to me and tells me they have a dream and they're not sure about it, I said, okay, pray for the confirmation. Because if it's from God, he will give it to you. He will make it plain. You don't have to worry about it. God will confirm 
his word. Amen? As I said, God can speak to us through dreams, through prophecy, most of all through his word. That's why we, 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 we don't want to hear the word because we don't like it. As I said the joke, we, we say, is there anyone else up there? We want God to come. We demand he come down and, as a spirit and speak to us. That was Job's problem. He said, oh, that I could talk to God one-on-one. Oh, if I could just make my case. I just want to make my case. But the more, most righteous man, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. We have no case. We have no case. Don't demand to, to, to speak to God and, and justify yourself. That won't work. Because we're only justified by his grace. Not of flesh, let any man, lest any man should boast. So, as I said, God speaks to us to now, today, through pastors. Through, through exhortations. Through his word. People don't like that. Is there another pastor? <laughs> Isn't that what the Bible says that they would heap to them? Uh, people, uh, teachers having itching ears. By that it means, I don't like what he's saying to me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I like what they're saying better. I like being told you can be rich and there's no pain, no suffering in this gospel. Just blessing, no hurt. Wouldn't that be great? But it says that Jesus learned through the things he suffered. And the servant is not greater than the master. In fact, it says in this life you shall have well, I don't like that. I'm going to another church where they tell me all the good stuff. <laughs> Second Timothy 2 to Paul here is saying how you can hear the word of God. He, said, he tells Timothy that the things thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. Right? So when we, we come to church so that we can in the end do what? Teach others, not just to come to church, but then you can go out there and teach others and say, listen, I can show you where it says that God is a healer. I can show you where it says God is a deliverer. More than that, I am a witness that he is a deliverer, that he is a healer, that he's a savior because he's done it for me. See, that's what God has called us to. When we hear, it's so that we can tell others. When we hear God's voice, it's always because he has something for us to do. Right? It's because he, the prophets, when they got a word, it wasn't just for them. They were commanded to tell the people something. When you hear from God, it's so that he can tell you something. If you can stand with me. And this will be really a preview of next week. I showed you an example of hearing too late. In the rich man. It's obvious to me that Lazarus had been preaching to him because he knew his name. He said, hey, send that. He didn't say beggar. Send Lazarus. So that means his whole life he never helped that man. Yet he, now he wants help from that same man. See, we have to hear when it really matters. Now is the time of our salvation. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. Isn't it great to know that God knows you? That means when you pray to him, you're not telling him anything new. You're not, you're, not, you're not announcing anything he doesn't already know. What you should be doing is saying, Lord, I give this to you. I, want, I invite you in to take, take care of it for me. Amen, because I can't do it. I need you, Lord. I know you already know. 
Jesus, when he prayed before, he says, look, I know thou always hearest me. Amen. Imagine if we did that. I know you always hear me. But we don't come boldly to a throne of grace. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, he's saying, come out of your empty box. I want to talk with you a minute. I want to talk with you a minute. I will come into him and he will sup with him and, and he with me. John five twenty five. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall even hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. There's coming a day that you really will need to hear his voice. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you haven't been hearing and recognizing his voice now, how are you going to hear his voice then? We have to listen. The last thing he said to the seven churches is, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. I want to be listening to God's voice. I want to make sure... That I'm directed by him. Hallelujah. Because he is speaking to us every day. And we need that word. Because Jesus already explained every word that is written by God. That's how we should live. Amen. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we ask, Lord God, that it fills our soul. That it makes us spiritually fat, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask you right now, Lord God, to touch each and every one of us, Lord. Lift our spirits, Lord God, as we see the day approaching, Lord God. We ask for you to bless our second service. Let you, your spirit have liberty to bless, oh God, to heal, to deliver. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering this morning.